Good, good, good thoughts. Um, Drew, I'll, I'll, I'll send this one to you. Uh, I, I think Forecast 5 is, is mostly a U.S. company, but I know you've been CFO of companies with significant international operations. And we haven't really touched on this, but there are a couple of questions about how to get those operations ready for the scrutiny of a buyer and any tips you have at managing a global company and, and the, the, uh, the ex-U.S. operations that, that will get magnified in the diligence process? Yeah, my last company prior to Forecast 5 that I worked with you, uh, Louis, at, we had a major business in China and in, in Europe, and uh, the bulk of my accounting staff was actually uh, in the Shanghai uh, office. So we definitely had to deal with things like Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Uh, but also what was really important was the team uh, was bilingual, that they were uh, proficient at the English language and also proficient at U.S. GAAP. So many times you'll have, you acquire a subsidiary overseas or you form an office and they're going to have books, especially in China, that, that books uh, that need to conform to uh, Chinese law, but you also need a strong team who could create U.S. GAAP books, and in fact, uh, encouraging uh, a, an audit at that level, I would highly recommend as, as well, so the auditors are taking a look at things uh, and making sure you have no significant deficiencies, uh, that you definitely don't want to lead to a material weakness. So I, I think in summary, the key would be uh, folks who uh, um, are really good at the English language as well as really good at U.S. GAAP. Uh, great advice. Greg, uh, I know you were managing a CFO of companies uh, from Asia, working from Asia, and, and I wonder if you had any uh, additional thoughts to add there. Yeah, I mean, the other big thing I would build on is uh, anything intercompany related. Uh, especially like uh, cross-company transactions. Um, those tend to get heavily scrutinized during due diligence because it's very easy for a potential investor to raise red flags um, as leverage. So you really want to make sure that you've, you've got to you know, use trusted partners on the advice. You've structured everything at arm's length. Uh, you've documented everything as to why things were done the way they were. Um, and the other thing too, if, if you know, if, if you're running a multinational business, you're and assuming you're you know, using U.S. GAAP, you're going to be tied to U.S. dollar reporting. You really need to understand your foreign currency exposures uh, and whether or not you have natural hedges in the sense that you have operating expenses and revenue tied to the same currency, uh, or if you have variability uh, in that exposure and whether or not it's material enough to actually go through a a hedging exercise. And I, and I say hedging in true sense of the word, not, you know, what airlines typically have done is they gamble on the direction of oil prices. And, you know, when it goes against them, they end up having to write off billions. Gotcha. Jen, anything, any last comments on this topic about international operations? I, I know you had quite a few of those at Evernote around the world. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that we didn't really delve into much is IP. Right, a lot of transactions, IP and tax related matters become an afterthought and they do it really quickly. You know, by doing that, you leave a lot of money on the table. If you had thoughtfully structured your IP, uh, US versus non US, and you get five more stars if you have lined up in lieu of your potential acquisition partners, right? 
So something like that, you can have a conversation with your tax advisors or partners or the finance team. Really, really helpful. Um, you know, I, I just, before we wrapped up, I, I wanted to share just a, a few points about to kind of wrap all of these themes together about doing all of this in, in the COVID environment. And, and one is, I, I think that, you know, we've got to all be human and, and understand that, that all of our uh, circumstances are evolving and we've got to be ready for change. And I think that's, you know, one of the big lessons for me in COVID is, is, is certainly that. Um, I think in, in the diligence process to get deals done, um, you know, you've just got to ask more questions and as you're, as you're preparing for sale, anticipate the questions that a smart buyer would ask and make sure that, that you've got the answers. And if you're a buyer, it's, it's asking questions and, and asking more questions so that you, you can build your, your confidence. Um, considering whether a change in your business is temporary or permanent. And, and then adapting from there. I think that, um, you know, for, you know, we've all talked about remote work and, you know, how that's likely going to be uh, something that sticks around for the longer term. You know, one question is, does that mean that we're not gonna need office space at all? We're gonna need more office space uh, or less office space? And, and I think that's gonna really vary uh, by business. And, and, and I think we really have yet to see it. But, you know, one argument is that we need more space to make sure that, that everybody can be in the office in a socially distanced and responsible way. And then another uh, theory is that, you know, we won't go into the office at all or only just for certain types of meetings, in which case the space we need uh, will, be, will be very different. Um, the next theme I think was just collaboration tools and making sure that, that you've got them. And, you know, it's the obvious ones like Zoom and DocuSign, um, but additional ones like Asana and Slack, I think were mentioned. Uh, HubSpot was another one that was mentioned, but really finding what are those um, technology tools? Um, is it time to have a contract management system or can you leverage your outside counsel to, uh, to get one? Um, you know, lastly, I would say that um, you know, whatever rules that, that we had before, we, we are, are kind of out the window and we've got to rethink them and be flexible and, and not penalize or stigmatize operations and organizations for not having things that, you know, now appear obvious that would have been great for them to have and, and uh, not consider that a deal breaker, but rather um, just something to work through. And, and if we can do all those things, I think we can um, do great deals. And um, I'm really grateful to this awesome rock star group of panelists, uh, Drew Skorupa from uh, Forecast 5, Jenny Sohn, uh, and Greg uh, Kabasic from Doc.ai and XY.ai, and, and my uh, partner in crime, Vitaly, uh, who's uh, done a number of these webinars with me, uh, who's a licensed broker dealer and who's just been really helpful to a lot of my companies in, in coming to the market uh, with a fundraising or, or an exit. And so, um, you know, on the screen are, are everybody's uh, names and we'll circulate their contact details up. Here they are, everybody's emails, and I'm sure that folks would be happy to, to answer questions. And so um, uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up and thank everybody for joining and until the next one. Thank you, Louis. Thanks, Thank Louis. You. Thanks for organizing, Louis. Thanks, everybody. Signing off. All the best. Have a great week. And we're out.